welcome to Bleeding Metal episode 2.1. Today I am here with my lovely co-host Pia. Hello. And we also have a lovely guest who will talk with us about a very important topic. But let's introduce our guest first. Marta, do you want to introduce yourself, please? Yes, hello. Thanks for having me. I'm Marta. I'm bassist and singer of German nerd metal band Horizons. That is so cool. Oh, right. Uh, the thing that I wanted to introduce to our uh, podcast format in our introductions part in the beginning was the pronouns. Oh, yes. So um, I'm Kiki, she, her. I'm Pia, she, her. <laughs> I'm Martha, she, her. Perfect. So, uh, Marta, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? I loved the the description, nerd metal, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I've been dealing with the whole topic of women in metal for some time now. And yeah, so together with my friend Yoko from Convictive, I also have a format on Instagram. It's called, uh, yeah, From Batman to Mermaid, <laughs> if you translate <laughs> it to English. And yeah, there we invite different guests and also talk about the whole topic of metal and women. Yes, and that is how we come to today's topic. We have been talking about feminism for a while, but today we have a, a very specific perspective on it. And it is intersectional feminism. Also compared to white feminism. And um, as you can already hear, when we... Um, differ between white feminism and intersectional feminism. If racism is a topic to you that triggers you, you might be triggered by this episode. So maybe um, if you can't deal with it at the moment, you should listen later or skip this episode if that is a hard topic for you. Yes. Marta, how about you? Uh, I think we should start with the very beginning of your feminist history. Since when did you start... Um, getting informed about the topic. Uh, do you identify as a feminist? How how did all of that come about? Yeah, so uh, I have quite a yeah, long background. So when I started university, I was working for the student administration and I did a lot of yeah public relations and also political education. And so, yeah, we organized workshops also for intersectionality. Yeah, the topic for me um, is also weird because I have a migrational background, so my skin looks like chocolate, but I basically grew up as a white woman. So also, like, on the one hand, it took me a long time to actually realize that I'm a woman in metal because, like, at first I didn't actually realize that there was a difference or I didn't particularly identify as a woman. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like living my life and doing my stuff. And yeah, so on the other hand, yeah, basically I grew up with mostly white people in a white school with not many other people with a migrational background or at least like I didn't see the world in like, yeah, these different different types. So to me, all people were the same. And so on the one hand, that's like really uninformed Formed that there are actually problems so I never considered myself having any problems with that topic so yeah I wasn't really aware and so slowly I started realizing like 
all the ways how being a woman is actually affecting me and I wasn't aware and so slowly the topic of me having a migrational background and also yeah so since my dad is a German and my mom's from Ethiopia so I had a lot of identity struggles when I was growing up but it was yeah more on a family level and not like on a racial or ethnical point of uh, point of view so yeah so for quite some time I didn't know where I belong basically and what are the problems that are coming from which area of my being so this is uh, basically the point where I'm at right now Wow, that's super interesting. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. And it's also interesting that the three of us have a completely different background on the topic. Um, Kiki, you grew up in Ecuador with yeah people of color around you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you came to Germany. And yeah, I grew up in Germany with, as a white woman <laughs> or as a white girl. <laughs> yeah, and I also find, find interesting that You both said, uh, well, not today, but Pia, you have said before in our last episode, even uh, how your parents raised you or how you grew up. You didn't really have this notion of people not being equal already. Mm -hmm. And so that was um, at some point, I'm guessing, a sort of eye opening thing um, to realize and to hear these other perspectives and other experiences from from other women so that is that is really interesting as Pia was just saying and as I have said before here as well I grew up in this very weirdly conservative uh, society and I started noticing this kind of things uh, from when I was a kid and I was I've always been kind of a rebel so it was easy for me to say uh, I want to be treated equally um, equal as my brother for example so that is for me the basis of feminism i think i started calling myself a feminist as soon as i heard about this word and this was one of your suggestions pia so do you want to start maybe with uh, how you uh, became aware of the difference inside of feminism maybe yeah um sure when i tried to find out more about feminism Then um, I also found out that there are different perspectives on feminism. For example, I, as a white woman, have obviously a very white perspective because um, I'm not affected by racism at all. So that isn't a topic for me in everyday life. Also, when I look back at the history of feminism in Germany, it has also always been the white feminism because it focuses on the white woman, obviously. We have a very famous feminist here in Germany. She's called Alice Schwarzer. And she did a lot for the equality for women. And we came a very far away. I think we, we do have to thank her for a lot of things. But on the other hand, uh, it was reported about her in the media that she um, did some racist things. So... Uh, And if you read more about this whole topic, then you see that you can't only be affected by discrimination in one way, but in many ways. For example, if you're a black woman, then you're affected by racism and by sexism. And that's something that especially white feminism doesn't look at. Um, a good example for white feminism is that the white woman can go to work 
thanks to all the white feminists in the past, women in Germany are allowed to work. They needed a permission by their husbands, I think until the 70s, if they wanted to work and that changed, which is obviously a very good thing. But when the person who was responsible for the household before also has a job or a full-time job, then what happens very often is that she gives this job away to another woman with a migration background. On the one hand, it gives women more power and participation. And I also think that this white feminism makes it easier for intersectional feminism, especially in white countries. But it's also yeah, affected by this racist topic a lot. And that's what I wanted to discuss with you. One of the things that comes to mind, um, now that we're talking a little bit also about uh, how feminism has developed over the ages, <laughs> is that what I started hearing a lot, the more vocal I became about feminism, was if you strive for equality, you know, for all humans, why don't you call it humanism or equalism or some other bullshit? And I think that is where we start addressing what you were just saying, Pia. To change the name of this movement would mean to deny and negate all of the work that feminists has, have been doing for, I want to say, centuries, mm -hmm. but at least for one century. And the starting, you know, with the suffragists and the women that started uh, gaining the rights to vote for women as well. All those were feminist movements that we now benefit from and we should honor those and be grateful for all those kick-ass women and keep their legacy going while we fight for more, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I, what I was trying to say because... I think we should be very thankful for what especially Alice Schwarzer did and also for the white feminism here in Germany and in other um, countries where mostly white people are living because when we look back, I think they, they struggled really hard or they fought very hard for the rights that we are having right now. And mm -hmm. um, even though I think that white feminism isn't my kind of feminism because I want all women to be equal and not only the white women. I think it makes it easier to go from where they brought us. It also led to that, I can only speak for Germany, but I think it's the same in other countries, that feminism is, or feminist, or has a bad connotation. because yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, because many people think, okay, feminist or feministic women hate men and I don't know um, maybe also want to be like men or want the white woman equal to a white man also in with a workload or that you're a bread earner and stuff like that I hope it makes sense <laughs> what I'm trying to say um, that other people still have to do the care work but not the white woman anymore right That is a really good point. And that is where intersectional, intersectional feminism comes in. Mm -hmm. And before we go over to that part, there is a really cool, very small 
article that I will link in the comments that was first published in 1914 by a man. Oh, that's been a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> but this, I'm guessing, journalist called Floyd Dell uh, wrote, the article is called Feminism for Men. And uh, the quote that I like the most is that feminism is going to make it possible for the first time for men to be free. Mm -hmm. But capitalism will not like that. Capitalism does not want free men. It wants men with wives and children who are dependent on them for support. Yep. <laughs> so we see all of these structures that are still forming the world that we live in today. And a hundred years ago, people were already noticing everything that's wrong with them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, even men said feminism is also for men. And nowadays we go a little bit further away from those gender roles. We are further away from those gender roles, luckily. And we are also going further away from the gender binary. But first, the inter intersectionality first was, uh, as you were saying, a way to address all of the other issues within feminism, um, especially with racism. Mm -hmm. I have an example for that. When you have a company that, I don't know, um, needs workers who do physical work, then this company could have women working in the office and it could also have black men working in the outside of the, on the physical area. <laughs> But that would mean that there are no black women working or not necessarily. So they could say we have women in the company, we have black people in the company, but still black women would be kept out of this. And that's a good example for this um, intersectional thing, how you can be affected by two yeah, discriminations. <laughs> mm -hmm. yes. How can I say that? Yeah. Yes, two types of discrimination. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that is exactly what Kimberly Crenshaw um, the American, U.S. American law professor who coined the term in 1989 described intersectional feminism as. Mm -hmm. Her quote is, a prism for seeing the way in which various forms of inequality often operate together and exacerbate each other. Or, all inequality is not created equal. And this is also how I see, I, I, I always imagine the a Venn diagram, so the two circles that that kind of collide. And so uh, this overlapping section of the two circles, it, that is exactly the intersection, right? So the fact that me, for example, the fact that I'm a woman and the fact that I'm also a Latina means that I am also in that kind of intersection, as you were saying, Bia, from two different directions, mm -hmm. from two different types of Of discrimination and that is what intersectional feminism addresses and um, well one of the things that it addresses yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's the definition <laughs> yes that's true I found this interesting article it's an interview with two German feminists that state that we need more intersectionality in the movement It's this kind of examples that we aren't very aware of that, to me at least, make the point so prevalent and so important. 
And uh, one of the two women interviewed, Dagmar Schulz, says in the interview, uh, black women were saying, okay, you're asking for the right to abortion, but we also ask for the right to have children because black women were often forcefully sterilized. So there are always two sides. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly the point. If we're going to be intersectional feminists, so to speak, we have to um, be aware of, of the intersections. And this issue, for example, of the forcible sterilization of black women throughout uh, history, especially in, in the times of slavery, etc., was a very heavy thing. Somebody told me, I, I, I talk so much about fighting <laughs> when I talk about feminism, but it's true. If you're fighting some kind of discrimination, if you are, like in this example, right, if we are fighting for abortion rights, in the end, it is actually for the right to have bodily autonomy and for us to be the ones who decide about our bodies and what we do or don't do with them. And it is, in the end, for our, what we want is just the right to choose and decide by ourselves without having laws imposing stupid shit on us. And that also can mean to not be sterilized or mutilated or, you know, all of those horrible things that still happen in the world to so many women and girls. That is one very big and heavy part of this whole topic. But it also comes down to other aspects of the issue of race, as you were saying before, Pia, in, in, in work, for example, in care work. And um, just in general, we all know the statistics about how if um, white women earn only around 80% of what a man would earn for doing the same job, then women of color earn even less than that. Mm -hmm. And that's when it gets complicated as well, because it's not only about changing a law that says, well, equal wages for everyone. It's also about deconstructing all of these structures that our society still upholds of, you know, who stays at home raising the kids mm -hmm. and who goes back to work and when. And yeah, as you were just saying before as well, um, it was also like, I also grew up with a person taking care of me while my mom was going to work. Mm -hmm. And I mean, in Ecuador, <laughs> there are very few white people, but Ecuador <laughs> is still very racist. It is yeah. incredible. It is crazy. But, um, you know, people uh, claiming to be, to have uh, more white than mixed blood and still also taking advantage of people who have um, less privilege. That's the important thing that... If you don't think about it, you don't know that you're privileged. You you discover this. Um, but it's a privilege, as you said, that white women earn 80% of what a man in the same position earns. In comparison to other women. In comparison, yeah. Yeah. And also how other people take us serious. So, of course, because we are affected by sexism, we know that... Um, we are taken less serious than men, but I think for women of color, it's even worse because this racist component comes in also. Um, and that's why it's so important that white women learn that there is also another kind of discrimination that makes it even worse for women of color. 
and also to speak up also for them and not only think about your own life but also about um, what other women are affected by what you were saying is it is very important it is very important to be self-aware and to be mm -hmm. aware of of all our privileges and also to stay informed and to hear other people's perspectives and i myself for example listen to a lot of podcasts and so i try to make them as diverse as possible we haven't for example even mentioned ableism mm -hmm. and to hear exactly those perspectives and to see how we can change these uh, structural issues for their better as well is really important mm. yeah and to listen to them and to take it serious because i have the impression that there is often made fun of just to make it easier for the privileged person that you don't have to think about that do you have an example for that i have the impression very often that for example um there is made fun of the term diverse for non-binary people mm -hmm. oh yeah it's about that i identify as a dolphin thing yeah Oh, yeah. yeah. Or as a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, that's just rude and insecure. Mm -hmm. Just because people don't understand and maybe don't want to understand because they they are privileged. They don't have to think about these issues because they're not affected by them. Yes. And also, I think like having this uh, this hierarchy. So if you're like at the at the top of the hierarchy as a as a white woman and then you have to realized that there's some kind of hierarchy and uh, so i was wondering like what you could do to get this kind of awareness and so what i like to do is because um i have a pretty big bubble so like i'm really not aware of some topics because they're just out of my bubble and so basically every everywhere i go and there's a chance to talk to people I just talk to people like, for example, today uh, I went uh, to a physical therapist and then we just we just started talking and it was like, yeah, I was born in Romania. And so because I studied civil engineering and then he told me, yeah, I also studied civil engineering because in Romania uh, at some point people were forced to study what was like necessary for for the state and what they needed. Wow. So he wanted to become a surgeon, but then he ended up uh, becoming a civil engineer. And then he left the country and he came to Germany. And so he told me all his story and I was like, wow, like he studied what I love so much because he had to. And he totally hated it. And then he came to Germany and then he, no, 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 he told me like half, half of the story of his life. I was like, huh, another topic I didn't know anything about. Mm -hmm. so, and um yeah so maybe it's harder as an introvert but like when you get the chance to talk to people just do it just like dive in be polite be kind like don't ask them like super directly like ah okay so you're a black person so, where are you <laughs> so yeah please don't, don't do, that. do that and don't ask people where they are from they will tell you when they feel like it <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly true. That's like one of the few experiences uh, I've had uh, when I was growing up. Actually, I still have it now, but now I'm like more more chilled about it because every time when someone asks you, I don't know, I have to find a funny phrase to let them know that they're being somewhat inappropriate and 
it could make me feel uncomfortable. So like, I don't know, referring to my mother's vagina or something. So then <laughs> like, where are you from? My mother's vagina. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, and then people are like, oh no, you didn't just, uh. <laughs> I just wanted to know your migrational background. Aha. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah, my god, that like, is awesome! Like, they make you uncomfortable, you, should, you, you make should. them more uncomfortable in return. Yes! Yeah, but I only do it when I really feel like they were just, I don't know, rude in some way. Or like, sometimes people really do that who don't know me. Like, I'm on the bus, and people are like, huh, where are you from? <laughs> like, we have never met before. Say hello first, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, there's so many things you could actually say before that. Yeah, or like your German is really good. Mm, yeah. Oh, I Yours, hear that so same much. Same to you, too. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or my hair. Yeah, I think maybe that's maybe maybe that's like a black hair on a female body. I don't know. People just constantly touch my hair without asking me. Like oh, no. that's so weird. Like if you would do that to other people, everybody would be super confused. Like. What are you doing? That's inappropriate. Yeah, you just did that to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, but I always uh, try to use these moments uh, as education for other people. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good point to start. Also, I think like it's super hard when you're in a position to experience this to educate other people. Like, you just want to get on with your life and not be bothered by other people who didn't check their privilege or whatever and then you have to deal with it even though you have like a hundred other things to do in your life and so you always have to like become your own activist for the problems who were forced on you by the society mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah and it's also not your job to educate other people so that's also a weird thing because or i would like to give them books or podcasts or um, tell them you can educate yourself with this this and this but people just won't do that they i don't know they want to be also maybe entertained by your story yeah that is a good point because i do think that storytelling like more so when it is emotional it makes things easier to learn so yeah telling a personal story is a way better lesson than just you know giving people an article <laughs> to read yeah, definitions and and history or, or or stuff like that but that's what i also wanted to say marta like um it is very generous of you to take the time when you have the resources you know the energy as well to to do that to just take a moment and explain to people um what they're doing wrong <laughs> how why they are being rude yeah but then when you explain also most people like really seem like enlightened like oh wow i just mm -hmm. did that to you i'm so sorry that was not my intention and i think also that gives me yeah the satisfaction of also knowing that they didn't do this on purpose they didn't do this to hurt me they yeah. were just really unconscious Yeah, but on the other hand, it also shows how normalized it is. Mm -hmm. A black woman is not not a person like a white woman. 
because I've never experienced that someone touches my hair without <laughs> asking for permission or I, I couldn't remember people do this. And to have the, the, the inner feeling that I'm allowed to do this is a very big problem, I think. And this is very common in our society. That is true. And on that note... Can I recommend a podcast? Yes, always. The podcast doesn't exist anymore they published a lot of um, a lot of episodes it's called vocal about it the two hosts both are called sarah <laughs> um, one of them i think is light skin and one is dark skin and they talk about how they experience discrimination and mm. what they do against it and um, what they don't want other people to do so if you are listening right now and want to educate yourself i can totally recommend that podcast Nice. Well, well, on that note, <laughs> I love uh, I love the Unladylike podcast. Uh, the two hosts have been making feminist podcasts since or or for ages, and it is really cool. They also take on a new topic every with every episode. Sometimes it is a series as well, and yeah, it's just really funny and enlightening and very modern as well. But we also wanted to talk about, on this podcast now, <laughs> uh, this podcast that is called Bleeding Metal. And thank you so much for listening, if you're, if you're still listening out there. And that is the thing. Yes, metal. How do we live uh, intersectional feminism in metal? Or how can we make metal more intersectionally feminist? Can we go a step back? Because... I'm also interested um, how both of you experience being a woman of color in metal. Or um, was it a thing at some point? Or did you experience something because of that? Because I only know what you experience as a woman and that is you don't see a woman on stage and stuff like that. But I think it's even harder to see a woman of color on stage. I, only one band pops up in my mind with a woman of color as a singer and i to be honest i don't really remember the name right now i would have oceans to of it. slumber yes <laughs> right yeah that's the one i was thinking as well mm -hmm. also popped up in in my head right now uh melissa bonnie from ad infinitum mm -hmm. but exactly that was going to be my answer right now to your question pia i have just felt as a woman in a metal environment and uh, I haven't really felt racially discriminated in, in the metal scene luckily but I also hadn't like I guess I was so focused on that side of things that um, I was rooting for you know for all of these uh, women to to in, in their bands to be more visible and more and better represented that I hadn't noticed there were there were different skin colors missing. And when I finally saw, as you were saying, uh, as we were just saying, uh, when I finally saw Oceans of, of Slumber on stage, it was like, oh, damn! <laughs> right! <laughs> this is awesome! <laughs> it was this mind-blowing realization that I had never thought about before. Like... Oh my gosh, it's a black woman singing. This is amazing. But like 
that was the first one I had seen and it blew my mind in it and I I don't know how hadn't I thought about that before mm. that that's also another example for this intersectionality because um, I thought about that when I first saw kids would engage with Howard Jones when he was the singer he's the first person of color that I can think of who I saw in a metal band but I also didn't make the connection okay do I know any women of color in a metal band <laughs> yeah I had the same uh, with Howard Jones and so what got me really confused is that my first impression was that his voice sounds like this stereotypic uh, black voice that I know for example from gospel choirs Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow, that's like that kind of voice. So it also brings like a totally different tone and style to the music, which he's my absolute favorite singer of Killswitch Engage ever. I know I argue with a lot of people about this, <laughs> but um, yes. Yeah, so I don't know, like to me, this brought like a whole different perspective of also yeah having maybe a different tone of the voice but yeah so by now I know that white white people can do this sound as well so <laughs> it's not a black thing. yeah it took me like some years to learn that I guess but um yeah so uh, I thought what my personal experiences maybe were so I think the one thing I really experienced is that people automatically switch to English when I don't automatically apply in, uh, reply in German mm -hmm. there are many other people in the world who also don't speak German but understand English but like because of the color of my skin people assume that more easily mm -hmm. but yeah so apart from that really so I haven't noticed anything that I would have found different from uh yeah from being a white woman <laughs> but yeah so yeah but exactly that what you were just mentioning that people were starting to talk to you in English is what I actively had to unlearn because when I think yes. some years back I would have also done that but now I it depends on in which country I am when I'm in Germany and I know the when I even know the band is from Germany, <laughs> then I um, would start now to talk to people in German. And then if they say they don't understand, then I can still switch to English. But if I'm in another country where I would normally speak English to everybody, <laughs> then of course I would do that um, Yeah, to everyone else. I actually had a this like exact experience at Euroblast so when uh, I wanted to get food at the at the Fry's food truck mm -hmm. so there was a guy and I kept talking in German and he looked at me like what are you saying but like I kept talking <laughs> in German until he was like I don't speak German I don't understand you <laughs> and oh. then I switched I was like okay now is the time to do it and it wasn't before that yeah Exactly. Especially um, when I look at your band, I think there are five white guys in the band <laughs> who look, or <laughs> some of them look pretty German, so you could easily see that it's a band from Germany. Yeah, that's true. But like, uh, <laughs> we have a ginger, Sebastian, and uh, he's uh, often referred to as Irish. Oh, okay. having ginger hair <laughs> then uh technically we have two italians so 
uh, Italian migrational background. And yeah, so one looks really German and the other looks like kind of Italian. But yeah, people <laughs> usually don't guess. And then we had so our old drummer. He was English and Dutch migrational background, but he was born or no, I think he was born in England, but then he grew up in Aachen. So he was the uh the first person in the band who was actually from Aachen where we are but um yeah so we always felt like pretty international oh yeah our first guitarist he was Greek yeah so yeah we always felt like a international band even though it was just visible with me <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah but um, thank you for sharing your personal experiences with mm -hmm. us to get back to your question Kiki I think it's very difficult to find to even find a lot of feminism in the metal scene at all i think we're a bit more aware of that because we are interested in the topic but for example i could only name one feministic band which is called dream nails they also do a lot of stuff on instagram you should check them out if you haven't <laughs> very cool group and so i think it's the metal society in general i experience as very white dominated because the bands that are well known are from Scandinavia, Germany, Finland, mm -hmm. maybe also some from the UK and of course the US bands. But even if you try to find, for example, now that we saw two of them recently at Euroblast, some Ukrainian metal bands, <laughs> there are only a few. There are even only a few Eastern European metal bands that are really famous. So the whole um, the whole scene is very Central Europe dominated, I would say. Plus, yeah, of true. course, um, US. North America, yeah, that is true. So ways of maybe being intersectional feminist metalheads, uh, recommending bands that are <laughs> that fall into that category, maybe. If we maybe look at Persona, they have band members, two of them from Germany. The singer is a woman and she's from Serbia. And her husband who plays the guitar is from Tunisia. Oh, wow. I thought they were all from Tunisia. They used to be. Um, Helena has always been the singer, so um, she's European, but the rest of the band was from Tunisia. But then they moved to Germany and now they changed members. Yeah, but the fact that not so many bands pop up in our mind <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> show that there is not a lot of representation. And as we said in our previous episode, that representation is a very, very important thing. Yeah, I think the very first step is just being aware that it is a problem. Mm -hmm. And I think we're doing that by talking about it. So keep talking about it. As we were saying before, if you're going to uh, talk to people, listen to people, more importantly, listen to people and to their perspectives and make those perspectives you listen to as diverse as possible. And I think sometimes it's difficult to find those voices, but making that effort, I think, pays off. And I am team making questions. I am super curious. And so I always apologize if I am asking too much, if I'm being too curious. I always tell the people, you have the right to say no, I won't answer that. <laughs> Or if I'm, I wouldn't say offensive, but you know, if I'm making you uncomfortable. But yeah, if you are asking from a place of 
authentic curiosity or really just wanting to know i think that shows and you cannot make make a mistake by that so from a place from from respect ask those questions and listen to the answers because you might not like them that's what martha said before that you can just ask um or just talk to people and a very easy way is talk to taxi drivers <laughs> and you can yeah, start with absolutely. asking them how long they are driving taxi in this town where you are now at the moment <laughs> and then they might or i had this very often that i found out a lot about these people because they then told me what they which job they learned originally and yeah stuff like that so <laughs> it's, it's always funny and yeah it makes your your ride home even shorter <laughs> that's true yes usually when i'm in a cab when i like when i'm late for rehearsal and then i have to take a cab because i'm late and so most of the time actually the driver would say something about me having a bass guitar with me like I don't know like once I talked to another bass guitarist but who did jazz and then he told me all the, the story uh, of his music career that cool. was really funny nice <laughs> um, but if we don't look at the musicians but if we look at the fan base of course I grew up in Germany and I've been to a lot of German festivals and I think it's also kind of a natural thing that if 80% of the population in a country is white, then also 80% of the people on the festival might be white. But also there, I hardly ever see a lot of people of color um, when it doesn't come to big festivals like Wacken, stuff like that. Yeah, there's usually, usually like one person of color somewhere and then everybody's like, huh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah cool he listens metal too okay. <laughs> or she or they but did it happen to you that people think you know each other when there is another <laughs> <laughs> no but i have to say like you know from the series south park there's this joke that all black people play bass and have like a bass guitar in their basement <laughs> So it's like kind of hard when people tell me like, yes, I do play the bass guitar. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's, that's, that's really funny sometimes. But uh, yeah, so mostly actually like not in the metal scene, but everywhere else where I go when like, I don't know, when I don't have my, my septum piercing out and my ears are covered and nobody can see my tattoos and I'm not wearing completely black clothes with band shirts and prints and stuff then people are confused about the kind of music I it's like you no shouldn't <laughs> you listen to like r&b hip-hop black music and like mm. no <laughs> yeah yeah so that's not in the metal scene but outside of it mm. i would say in general that metalheads are We had this topic before in this podcast also, but I think they are more aware of politics and discrimination and racism and stuff like that. And there are also, they also stand up against these things. But I also think that a lot of people could be more informed, like in general. But, but then again, um, if you come from a very privileged perspective, 
you have to to learn about the problem first, so to speak. Yeah, I, I have said my opinion about that before on the podcast. I think metalheads want to be these super open-minded and um, inclusive subculture. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we really are. I think there is still a lot of work to do. And that always starts with ourselves and talking to each other, starting those conversations, saying things on stage. Yeah, this this just, what you just said, Pia, um, reminded me of Tuska three years ago. Mm -hmm. um, we were seeing Body Count perform. Mm -hmm. oh, and yeah. it was this very very weird moment to me because I, I realized, of course, they were talking about police brutality in the US. So violence against people of color uh, from the US police. And I just turned around and saw this mass of white people singing along. And I thought, aha. Uh -huh. It's cool that they are doing it. It's cool that, they're that they support the band, of course, and that they enjoy the music. It's great. But are, do they really know what they're singing? Do they really do other things to mm -hmm. support the cause of, you know, of protesting against police brutality? Do they think about that in their own community? Because that is not, not something that happens only in the, in the States. That happens, I would say, everywhere to a different extent. And it's important to have all of those uh, topics in mind. That's true. And we recently had elections here in Germany. And when we have elections, you can uh, do a test online <laughs> that checks for you which party is the, the best for you, quote unquote. And this time there were also some questions about Should there be more police on the streets to make the country more secure? Should there be more cameras on public places and stuff like that? And many white people agreed. And Oof. Yes. <laughs> and um, I thought all these actions, all these um, things that are said to make the, the country more secure, aren't they affecting these people in a bad way? Because... Um, if there is more police on the streets, wouldn't they control the people of color more? I don't feel in danger in this country, so I don't feel like I need more police, but it could make other people who are affected by this police violence um, feel more uncomfortable. And that's something that I think a lot of white people don't have in mind. Mm -hmm. And we are totally drifting to a different topic. Yes. But... <laughs> But the topic of awareness. <laughs> yes, the topic of awareness and the topic also of um, of starting these conversations and of saying these things. Um, all the three of us were just at Euroblast Festival in Cologne this past weekend because we are... Um, this podcast is going to come out in a few weeks. Today is October 5th. And we were just at Euroblast Festival and I was so moved And also, I admire the, the, the very first band a lot for what they did. Mm -hmm. This band from the south of Germany called Defocus, also relating to what you were just saying, Pia, the, the elections in Germany. They called 
from the from the stage during the gig they called for the audience to you know um to start you know jumping up and down in protest of the right wing party that gained so many seats in congress mm -hmm. in parliament in parliament and that was so cool because they are so young and mm -hmm. they were the newcomer the very first band but they weren't afraid of saying what they think and uh, standing their minds and also standing for the right cause or, or, or not the against well, words <laughs> words <laughs> for the good cause yes. of, <laughs> of you know against uh, a party a political party that is based on discrimination and um and white supremacy so it was really brave of them Yeah, and also Simon, the singer, said ignorance is bliss. And yeah, that's that's something that I can kind of identify with a lot because that's how I used to live the first 20 years of my life because um, I had this this privilege to be ignorant and to not take care of other people's needs. But I was a child back then, so um, I can forgive myself because I think it wasn't my fault because it wasn't taught to me in school or anywhere. Um, but if you come to a specific age, you you should be aware more about these things. And yeah, as you said, it's uh, it was a very cool thing that they stood there on stage and stood up for all these things that you should stand up for and to use the possibility to speak to so many people at the same time. Yes, and maybe that is how people will be aware or become aware yeah definitely first step yeah i think one last thing uh, i would like to say is um coming from my personal experience like when you show other people your favorite metal music even though they're not into metal like don't let yourself like be fooled of the color of their skin or their Uh, their ethnicity or whatever so if you have a person of color just show them metal music just like you know get the diversity into metal yeah that's the cool advice <laughs> and to come back to what kiki said before i think that the metal community or that it's step number one to to be aware of discrimination and to claim that you're against that is even better than saying no there is no discrimination so i think that's the basic minimum that we have in the community and i'm very thankful for that that there are not so many right-winged people within the metal scene or that's at least what i experience but even though yeah as you also said kiki they could educate themselves more and mm -hmm. i think when you have been listening to this podcast up until now then you are also willing to do that and would also encourage you to <laughs> to inform yourself for example by or with the podcast that we were mentioning or you can follow people of color on instagram or on twitter or what whatever media social media you're using and just follow what they are posting and take serious what they say even though you can't understand or you maybe can't understand or relate to to their story yeah and maybe also just go listen to those bands that fall into all of these categories and more so in the intersections so go listen to oceans of slumber <laughs> <laughs> yes, and go listen to ad infinitum and that is it i think yeah 
And also, of course, obviously, duh. <laughs> Go listen to Horizons, damn it. <laughs> thank you. Marta, thank you so much for uh, being here with us tonight. Yes, thank you for having me. Please promote your band. Yes, go listen to my band. We're about to release a new song about Dungeons and Dragons because we're nerds. That's what we do. So yes, just listen to our music. We're all over the internet. So where can people find you on Instagram or other social media? Where's the new video coming? Wait, it's coming uh, November 4th and the song is coming November 5th. All right, so that's probably going to be next week if you're listening. No. <laughs> this episode drops. That's going to be next week. So keep your ears peeled for the song called Total Party Kill. Everyone who loves D&D will exactly know what this is. <laughs> Perfect. So yeah, now where can people find you on social media? Yeah, so we're uh, called Horizons Band on Instagram or, yeah, Horizons on Facebook. We even have TikTok, even though we're old Ooh. and it's for young people. Wow. And yeah, we're even making funny content on TikTok. Well, check that out. And your personal accounts, if you want to share? Yes, uh, I'm Martha Horizons. And I am at Kiki, G-E-G-E-87, everywhere. Uh, not on TikTok, though. I am too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be hip. <laughs> I am Power Pia with a underscore, Power underscore Pia on Instagram. Yes. Um, thank you out there for listening to this episode and for being aware of the topic that we were just talking about and of course thank you martha and kiki for sharing your experiences with me and with us yes thanks everybody out there for listening don't forget to subscribe to the bleeding metal podcast on itunes or follow us on spotify or wherever you listen wherever you are uh, just look for bleeding metal pod or bleeding metal podcast And we will see you next month. Thank you two so much. And um, Martha, it would be great to have you again on the podcast at some point. I will definitely come back. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening and goodbye. Bye-bye.